This dude took forever to give me my check, man. I was like sitting there for 15 minutes waiting, like, well, what the fuck, where'd he go? I think they're waiting you out to see if you just like throw in the towel and order another drink. <laughs> I think it was a ploy. <laughs> well, it worked. I did like, order this dude's a gonna get This dude's going to get thirsty sooner or later, right? <laughs> yeah, it did work. I did order another one. Well, there he, you brought go. Me a fucking, he brought me a fucking large the second time. I was like, hey, amigo, I, I ordered a medium, but whatever, this will work. <laughs> you, they played you. <laughs> he did. Played me like a fiddle. Uh, so, welcome back uh, for our listeners to the South End Zone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook here on the Pickskin Podcast Network. I am with my co-host, Eric Mulhair, as per the usual. Eric, what's going on, man? You've been enjoying uh, the holiday festivities and bowl season, and like, what's going on, man? You got like 12 Christmases planned? We have one, well, kind of two. This, the twins were back in town uh, for a couple of days, so we did sort of a, a really super mini Christmas uh, and then I actually just dropped them off at the airport a couple hours ago. And then they come back in like a week before they go back to school again. So uh, might do another mini Christmas on the back end because we still got stuff coming in, you know, through the mail and everything. So good time off, uh, enjoying it, enjoying the handful of bowl games I've watched so far. There have been some good ones that have come through and, uh, you know, as far as enjoyability scale. Indeed there have. Yeah, that uh, that 40, 40 minute you know, round trip to the airport has to be tough for you. I know it's brutal. Yeah. And I mean, not everyone can handle it, but I'm, I'm built different, I guess. As I could say. <laughs> oh man. I've uh, been through there several times. So, uh, given that there are pretty much no real breaking news aspects that I think we need to get into, mm-hmm. uh, we can go ahead and jump into some bowl recaps. So I'm just going to go kind of general here. What are what's the biggest like bowl game standout that what was your favorite one to watch so far or the craziest shit you've seen in a bowl game? Uh two thoughts. The best game I've watched so far is UTSA and Troy in the Cure Bowl. Uh we talked about it last week. The Cure Bowl has been that that's produced some pretty fun, enjoyable games. Indeed. Uh, UTSA and Troy was another one. UTSA jumps out to a big lead, not a big lead, but they got up 12, nothing and really kind of looked like they were in control, like complete control for the first half. And then Troy comes back, scores 18 unanswered and pitches a shutout in the second half to come away with the win. So uh, hats off to Troy that puts them, uh, I believe 12 and two. So outstanding season for them. Indeed. Yeah. We, we, we talked about that last week, you know, we kind of both liked Troy there. So good pick by us. And I should, I should preface this with so far, and we haven't put this out yet, but we will on the show, uh, our bowl pick them. The timeline just didn't work out really where we could get it out before last week, but uh, with the Mike Leach uh, tribute there, Mm -hmm. but uh, we are both seven and three in our bowl pick them thus far. And uh, we'll, we'll go through some of that, but uh, yeah, man, Troy, God, what a season 12 and two, just fantastic. I'm, UTSA will be interesting next year. Looking forward, but uh, man, that was, that was an interesting game. I, you know, I, I caught the second half in which UTSA did nothing. So yep. yeah, <laughs> I, it, it really was a, a really drastic swing because yeah. it was super one-sided in the first half. And I kind of went into halftime thinking, man, Troy's lucky to be only down 12 and Indeed. Like halfway through the second quarter, I don't think they'd gotten past their own 40 at that point. Mm. And, uh, but it was a good game. And then my other big takeaway from kind of the first round of bowl games was uh, Frank Gore Jr. for Southern Miss going absolutely bananas in the London <laughs> Tree Bowl. 
What what do you run for 329 or something? Three, 320 something. I don't remember the exact number, but uh he, he averaged like 14 yards a carry or something crazy. <laughs> and just it's yeah, tough. Three, yeah, there it is. 21 carries for 329 yards and two TDs. <laughs> yeah, God. so he's better than 14 yards. He's close to 16, and that's so, just stupid. It, he was their entire offense. I mean, that's just it's insane. It's it's rare to run for 320 yards as a team. Like even when you're talking about like Air Force and they have four different guys carrying, right? Running the triple option. That's one thing. But for one player to do that, that is just absolutely absurd. So indeed. Uh, good job to him. Um Yeah, well, I can tell you my biggest fucking standout of the of the bowl season so far. And that was Florida having to kick a field goal to keep yes. them getting shut the fuck out. Yeah, Oregon like a minute State and a half just left. Laid right? these Smackdown on them fools. <laughs> it just just worked them over, man. They did. I sheesh. Well, I mean, I you know, I got in on it when it was eight and a half, and I think when we recorded it was ten or ten and a half, and I said I didn't think it was enough. I didn't think it would, you know, that twenty-seven uh would be the number, but I watched maybe five minutes of that game because it was apparent that half the half of the Florida roster that was actually left and played the game was not interested in playing the game. So uh it wasn't a very compelling matchup viewer wise. No. And I, I, I watched most of the first half and then I just checked in on it a little bit in the second half and man, they started to pull away with it. And I was like, God, just Florida, like you say, not in, not even remotely interested. They, they couldn't do a thing on offense. It was just ugly, man. Jack Miller, that poor guy, they were in his face all day. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, you're, you're a third string quarterback who's never played and you're going to, yeah. and, you know, Oregon State's a good team just because. Not a lot of people realize that they're good. To, well, guess what? They're ten and three. Um, they, yeah, it's pretty wild, man. Like you know, at the start of the year, how many? I mean, I, I'm just ballparking here. How many teams did like? If I'm not mistaken, didn't you go? Didn't you pick the under on like nine or ten of the twelve Pac-12 teams? That sounds about right. I I know I picked the under on at least like seven or eight of them. Yeah, a bunch and. And, you know, you end up with, you know, Oregon having a good year, Washington having a decent year, USC having a great year, Oregon State winning double-digit games, not something I saw coming. Yeah, I I took the under under on eight Pac-12 teams. Now, in fairness, I hit on uh, four, five of the eight, um, but Mm. one of them I missed, obviously, was Oregon State. I took under five and a half. yeah, I think I was the only one that took the over on them, but I you will I, I will provide the caveat that I had, you know, no, no inkling that they would win double digit games. You know, I thought I figured they could get to like eight wins, you know. But right, yeah. You take you take an over on five and a half, you're thinking, yeah, I think they can go seven and five in that conference. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah, man. So big uh big finish for them, man. So that'll be really interesting. Looking forward to next year in the Pac 12. Really interesting, man, because you got Bo Nix coming back, Michael Penix coming back, Caleb Williams coming back. Most of Oregon State's offense could be back. So I don't know, man. That should be a um, really compelling year again in the Pac-12. Kind of, kind of wide open, if you will. I'm, I'm hoping so because it was, it was much more fun. Pac-12 and Big 12 were much more fun this year to watch than in previous years when you don't have, you know, like we talked about in the group chat, the last. I guess probably eight seasons. The ACC has been Clemson and everybody else. Yeah. And that's not, you know, that's not great for the sport or the conference or the fan. So having 
a year like this year with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 where there are so many teams still in it when you get to week 11, week 12, week 13, I think is is obviously much better. Indeed, and it won't be just Clemson next year because fucking Florida State looking uh, They're looking like up. they may be for real, man. So they're doing some nice work in the transfer portal there, which we will cover more uh, in episodes to come once the season is over. Uh, another quick note there on bowl game recaps, uh, the Satterfield Bowl mm-hmm. uh, kind of went like we expected, man. Louisville took uh, Cincinnati to the cleaners, and uh, it was ugly from – I mean, it was 21-7 at the end of the first half, and the second half was really just pretty boring. Not much not much going on in there in Fenway, but Cincinnati couldn't do jack shit on offense. So, Yeah, by the time I went to turn it on, I think it was already something like 14-0 or 17-3 or something like that. So it, yeah. I switched over, and I watched the Celebration Bowl, which was a really, really good game. So. Yeah, that's one of uh, that's one of my misses there. I, I missed on uh, I missed on SMU. I missed on Washington State, and I missed on Jackson State. So that uh, you know, unfortunate for Dion to lose his last game there, but uh, you know, it, overall doesn't matter. Great finish. He's gonna take <laughs> pretty much every good player he's got with him. So. I, <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see how many guys go with him and how they do. I, I think there's some legit questions out there about how you know hey you were a four-star coming out of out of out of high school a year ago and then you play a year at at the fcs level does that necessarily make you ready to go in there and and perform or contribute in a power five conference we'll see ah yeah i don't i don't put much stock in that i think talent is talent i mean cam newton won an fcs national championship before he went to auburn (laughs) you know i think that was yeah i think that was a juco but yeah yeah or yeah juco national championship you're right so it's one of those things like it, it doesn't matter like if like travis hunter that dude is a beast it doesn't matter what team or what level or whatever he's playing at he's gonna perform and i did see he announced himself to the transfer portal yesterday. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he follows Dion to Colorado. I expect he would. I, I don't. I would know. assume so. But, yeah, you know, with him in particular, he seems to dance to the beat of his own, his own drum a little yeah. bit. Uh, I know that was kind of a theme with his, his recruitment out of high school was, you know, he doesn't want to necessarily do things like everyone else does them. You know, because at the time, him going as the, as the you know top overall recruit in the country, going to a Florida State team that was at the time coming off a three and six year, you know, he, and he was kind of looked at like, well, he wants to he wants to do something different and not just go to the traditional powerhouse uh, that's doing well now and has things rolling. He wants to kind of do his own thing and make his own particular mark. And then he turns, yeah, you know, you, you got- an HBCU. Well, you got to wonder if like he feels bad that like he was committed to Florida State. And then ejected and went to Jackson State. It's like, damn man, can you imagine if Florida State had Travis Hunter? <laughs> like, they'd yeah. be, they probably would have won the ACC, man. Yeah, and it's not out of the realm of possibility that they end up with him, anyways. I mean, there's no telling really what what he's going to do. It. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't just assume Colorado. I, I think if I had to bet, I would bet Colorado because it does seem like the most likely. But I don't think it's a given. Indeed. Well, some other. Uh, Last couple of bowl game notes here. Boise State squeaks one out, 35-32. They win double-digit games again. They just seem to crank out double-digit win seasons no matter who the coach is. 
or what year it is. They just they keep doing it, man. But the the one that really chapped my ass as far as bowl picks goes was SMU and BYU. SMU scores, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much as time expires to to tie it up, and instead of uh, kicking a field goal and going to or kicking an extra point going to overtime, they go for two. And don't get it, and BYU wins twenty four to twenty three. Yeah, and and if you if you want to go for two there, more power to you. I, I don't, yeah, I, mean, I don't it, hate It's that. a bowl game. I I applaud them for going for it, but it was just like, damn man, like come However, on. However, I don't know that Tanner Mordecai quarterback draw should be in the playbook to begin with. Certainly not called in that spot. That the decision to go for two, I'm good with. Uh, you know, I like it. I respect it, but. I, you know, I applaud it in fact, but the play call itself, yeah, not, I was not a huge fan, Yeah, man, put the, put the damn heavy package in there and hand it off. Like, it's just, yeah. well, yeah. If you're going to run so it, just don't run it with that to get guy. Too cute. So many teams just try to get so cute down in the end zone. Now it feels like it's like, man, just, I, I don't know. That's my Alabama goal line frustration coming out in me, but yeah. <laughs> you know, looking forward, I, you know, the only other UAB, you know, they, Squeak one out against Miami, Ohio. They score 14 fourth quarter points. That I didn't see any of that game. I caught the tail. And that was actually one of those. I watched uh, most of the fourth quarter, and I was kind of annoyed that I didn't watch more of it because the ending was really good. I think there was three lead changes just in the fourth quarter. UAB mm-hmm. scores the go-ahead, uh, takes lead with, gosh, I think, I'm pretty sure it was inside of two minutes. Yeah. Uh, really towards the end. So it ended yeah. up a really good finish. The Bahama Bulls was a good game last year, too. So they might be them in the cure bowl might they seem to have a habit of of getting bowl season off to a really good start indeed and then uh the last one was fresno state you know we talked about it if fresno state could play any offense and uh it happened to be end up being like we discussed you know a little bit of a transfer portal situation with washington state Mm -hmm. you know they were down some guys and uh fresno state's offense didn't just blow anyone away they were just kind of consistent you know seven nine six seven throughout the four quarters and uh fresno state once again you know the most consistent team of covering a spread since 2016 continues to cover spreads so if you bet on fresno state good for you another double digit win season for them so uh last takeaways any takeaways that we haven't mentioned from the bowl games we've seen so far i mean i know did did you see any of marshall and uconn today i did not yeah, I, I saw a very minimal amount of it. I turned it off when it was 21 nothing at halftime. So yeah, I, I checked the score and it was 28 14, I think. And then I just, I saw I didn't bother turning it on. Yeah. It, I mean, the, you know, kudos to uh, Jim Mora and UConn for, you know, battling back and making it a seven point game, but it just, you know, didn't matter. Uh, Marshall just pulled away and that was that. So nine and four season for Marshall, good for them. They should be pretty good next year. Again, I think it'll be yeah. pretty similar. But, so uh, we got we got three other games that we talked about last week, but have not mm-hmm. been played yet. Okay. So the Idaho Potato Bowl, Eastern Michigan, San Jose State. I don't have any real compelling desire to watch that one. I guess I'll just pick San Jose State without really digging into that matchup too much. We talked okay. about Liberty and Toledo. Mm-hmm. And I think think i will go with holy toledo in that matchup Mm -hmm. uh, just for the sake of getting our picks out there into the into the universe and then give me south alabama over western kentucky in the new orleans bowl yeah that you know looking back when i put these picks in i had already 
slated it in there for Western Kentucky. And then Western Kentucky's quarterback announced to the transfer portal. So I don't feel great about my the fact that I've got Western Kentucky in there, but I do agree with you on the San Jose State and Toledo picks. But uh, for the purposes of this podcast, I did pick Western Kentucky for my bowl pick them. So um, I don't feel great about that, but that that's that's where we're at. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Those are uh, – today is Monday the 19th, so uh, we'll see what the results of those are tomorrow and Wednesday. But before we move forward, we're going to take a quick break to hear from DraftKings Sportsbook, and we will be – right back with uh, a look at the rest of the bowl games, just the regular ass bowl games. And then uh, I think next week, Eric, is that correct? We're going to get into the, like the new year six and the playoff matchups. Pretty much. Uh, the easiest way to explain it is tonight. We are going to cover the, I believe 16 games that uh, are occurring between now and the 30th. So all the games through the Alamo bowl on the 29th of December, we'll talk about tonight. And then we'll come back next week with uh, Mayo Bowl, Sun Bowl, Gator Bowl, all that through the semifinals. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And this is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. And I love doing the same game parlays. Uh, They've got easy and fast payouts. You know, they've got lots of different options, player props, all kinds of things that you could bet on. So right now, new customers can bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, etc. And the more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger the sh- your shot to win big. So I always like to play multiple parlays. You know, I throw out a five or six leg, par- leg parlay every week. And sometimes it pays off for me, sometimes it doesn't. But man, when those do hit, it's, there's no better feeling than knowing you bet, you know, whatever it may be, five bucks, and you end up winning 50 or 60 or, you know, if you're a big better and you throw down 50 bucks and you win five or 600, it's just, it's a really good, uh, fun time when those actually hit. So, so hopefully you've hit a couple of those this year or you're willing to lay down some cash on the NFL games this weekend and hit one or two. Uh, but now to hit any of those, the first thing you got to do is you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code TPPN. That is the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. And then you got to place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. Now, minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply there, so check out our show notes for those details. Welcome back to the South End Zone here on the Pigskin Podcast Network, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Eric. So we got uh, we've got our initial coverage of the bowl games that have already happened, and uh, some of our takes there. Florida Gators, nice finish, Gators. So, uh, but uh, looking forward, 
Gator fans are not happy right now. No, they're not. But, you know, they can shut up forever because, you know, I think Napier will be fine. I mean, am I wrong there to think that no, he'll, just, I think he'll be fine? No, I think he went to a bowl game against a really, really good team. with And he had no roster. fucking quarterback. He had he, no quarterback. Yeah, he's got guys hitting the portal, guys opting out for the draft. He's starting yeah. a third-string quarterback who's never played. I don't know what you're expecting, like... And yeah, it's, it's like your, pr- your practice squad didn't beat Oregon State's full team. Yeah. So fucking what? I don't you just you look at the year as a whole and they they had good stretches. They had stretches they'd like to do over. It, it, it was, I think, a typical year one. I think people look at Sonny Dykes or Lincoln Riley or even Brian Kelly yeah. and think that that's the norm. And it's not like those guys are the exception. Not the year one looks more like this most of the time. Billy Napier will be fine and Florida Gator fans, you know, the last time they got worked up was over the summer because they lost a, they had a recruit flip <laughs> and they, you know, got out the tiki torches and just, you know, what happened? Then he, he spends five weeks just stacking up four stars and Indeed. pretty soon they're up to like number 12 in the 23 rankings. Just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they are at the moment ranking wise, but to, like, I mean, is it just me? A quick note before we get into these bowl games, is it just me or does no one care about recruiting anymore? Because I don't care. Like Alabama has the number one ranked recruiting class right now, right? I'm an Alabama fan and I don't care because fucking 50% of these players will end up in the portal. Well, in order, uh, Florida is 11th. Okay. Narrowly behind Clemson. So they still have a decent chance depending on what happens in the next week to finish up with a, a top 10 class, but 11th is fine. Yeah. And then the second part, I think a lot of people are realizing that the recruiting rankings in terms of getting guys out of high school, they don't mean as much as they did four or five years ago. No. They still matter because I don't know that you can rely on a sustained practice of pulling in 18 guys a year from the transfer portal. Like it needs to be a balance. And I think some guys are finding that balance a little better than others. So that's kind of the key is not go, you, you can't ignore the transfer portal. Like if you see guys out there that are looking <laughs> no. for a home that, hey, this dude could come in and help us, you should go get him. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I talked to a, uh, and I may have talked to you about this. I don't know if I mentioned it on our show before, but I talked to a defensive backs coach from a Juco college, uh, one day when I was just sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings in uh, Meridian, Mississippi. And he told me that basically like your number one job as an assistant coach is every morning looking at the fucking transfer portal uh-huh. and getting on Twitter and messaging these recruits. And like, if your ass is not in the transfer portal, looking at who's available, who's going where, and you're not sending messages to these kids, like you will get your ass chewed. Yeah. Like that is the number one job of assistant coaches, like in this part of the year. Well, yeah. I mean, cause 60% of them aren't coaching right now, right? That season's done. Yeah. So, you know, you got to earn your paycheck now and you're working towards next year. Well, how do you work towards next year? Get players in there. Indeed. And uh, yeah, fun announcement. Uh, You know, Eric, I know I told you this, but for our listeners, we're actually going to get some perspective here pretty soon. Like when recruiting season is over, uh, we're going to get a uh, defensive line coach from Alabama A&M 
to come on the show and talk to us a little bit about the transfer portal and about recruiting and this new transfer portal era and what that's like, man. So that'll be a really interesting conversation, Eric. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm super pumped for that. Just to, to, to hear the small school perspective yep. and to, you know, hear, I mean, he's, you know, really well connected with the guys at Bama and Mississippi state and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, to hear that kind of perspective from the HBCU side, I think will be really interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I did read up um, on him, and he's a like a lot of coaches. He's a guy who's been a number of different places at different levels, so I think he's got kind of a wide experience base to to provide some insight. And we're also working towards some other interviews to maybe a different perspective. Uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to get a high school coach or two, or maybe current players or former players even. So. Once we get through all the games and more towards the recruiting season, that is going to be a focus of ours for the listeners out there who, you know, a lot of fans just, they pull up the 24 seven composite and you know, how that sausage gets made, I think would be enlightening for a lot of people because not everyone understands kind of what goes into that and how that process actually works. Indeed. All right. So let's get into some of these bowl games here. We need to get moving on these. So the first game that I'm going to talk to you about is the Armed Forces Bowl, which contains Baylor and Air Force. Now, this is a 7.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff on the 22nd. Thursday, yeah, right? Yep, yep. So, and uh, Baylor opened as a six and a half point favorite. They are a four and a half point favorite, and the over under is 43 and a half here. Where are you at on Baylor and Air Force? Does Air Force have a chance to get a win here? I think I like Air Force in this one. Uh, this now, this game is going to, I'd be curious to see what kind of prop bets are out there for total rushing yards between these <laughs> two teams. Um, <laughs> because honestly, it might start with a four. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I think I kind of like Air Force in this one. Interesting. Yeah, I, I took Baylor in my bull pick em. Just, uh, you know, I think Baylor's lines of scrimmage will give Air Force some problems. You know, now, I think, like you said, the end of game rushing totals, I, I still think will be really high. And it wouldn't shock me to see Air Force get a win here. You know, and if, you, if you're a better and you want to take a chance on that, uh, Air Force is plus 146 on the money line. So not a terrible payout. You know, if you want to take a chance on that, but I, I kind of like Baylor. I still think their lines of scrimmage are, you know, even though they went six and six this year, you know, I, I think their defensive line can give Air Force some issues here. So I, I'm going to pick Baylor in that game. But, uh, you know, again, wouldn't shock me if Air Force were to win. Now, this next one, <sighs> honestly, I have no idea. Like, th- this is one that I wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole, but I'm interested to hear your take on. Houston and Louisiana uh, in the the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Fucking stupid names. Like these these names, man. They're just they're weak. getting a little out of control. Uh, it, it really is. Like it, it. I mean, side note here. Like since our college football commissioner is not here mm-hmm. at the moment, and you know that de facto, since you're the assistant commissioner, I'm gonna as college football god. Propose a rule from the heavens that all bowl requirements should be eight wins now, and we should have less bowl games. Am I crazy for proposing that idea? Like eight and four should be the bowl minimum. I'm going to disagree just because so many of these kind of quote unquote lower tier bowls have actually been, you know, what are, what are the first bowls you'd cut? 
right? So you'd look at the smallest ones, which are typically the earliest, like, mm-hmm. you know, like the Cure Bowl, which has consistently produced really fun, enjoyable games, or the Bahamas Bowl. So I don't know. I don't know how you move the win requirement without, you know, cutting a third of your bowl games. So plus you would get so many coaches and administrators pushing back because there's too much money in it. And the coaches want to do it because they get the extra practices. So, well, like the cure bowl, I mean, that contained two, you know, 11 win teams that that's fine. I'm good with that. Like I'm, I'm happy with the cure bowl. You've got 11 and you know, two UTSA and 11 and two Troy. That's a, that's a great matchup. Mm-hmm. But I have no desire to watch Oregon State play six and six Florida. True, like, but you, you can't get away from the six win requirement like, without put, cutting bowls, and it's it's the bowls themselves that would probably get cut. So, like, who the fuck cares about Rice versus Southern Miss? No offense to Southern Miss or Rice fans, but like, no one gives a shit about that bowl, the Lending Tree Bowl, mm-hmm. seven and six, or well, excuse me, six and six Southern Miss versus five and seven Rice, like. <laughs> who cares well, like, just you. cut like, it cut it out I, I can tell you who cares and it's the southern miss coaches who can now go back to the state of mississippi and, and when they go recruit be show guy yeah hey we went we won a bowl game look our running back ran for 300 yards that could be you you know and they get those it's either 12 or 15 practices uh to get a lot of third string or scout team type guys more work and a lot of those guys get well, actual that's all game fine. action. That's all fine and good. And also, I don't care. Okay. Well, like, then don't watch them, man. <laughs> like, no one's no one's forcing you to watch North Texas and Boise State. Nobody. I mean, I, I get that. I'm just saying, like, it. I don't know. I just, I, I, I will never it's be mind converted. blowing that a losing, a losing season like Rice had at five and seven, they get into a bowl game. Like, what? I mean, well, they got in because there weren't enough six wins teams. So we're gonna- that's what I'm saying. Okay, so like, there's gonna- too many bowl games. Like, you got to put a team with a losing record into a bowl game. Like, dude, that should tell you there's okay. way too many fucking bowl games. Well, last year there weren't enough bowl games. They had too many eligible teams. They had to invent one. They had to- <laughs> ESPN had to invent the Frisco Football Classic because they had too many teams. Exactly. So if you reduce it to eight wins, I feel like that should make it just right. Okay. Well, I will never be converted to the, there are too many bowl games crowd because I like football. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be mad at you, but uh, let's get, let's get so your motion on. is struck down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fine. I'm good with that. All right. Let's get back on track here. All right. So Houston yeah. and Louisiana is where we're at here. Uh, yeah. Independence bowl. Uh, Houston yep. was my pick preseason to be the group of five new year six representative. And they instead have gone seven and five and lost games. They should not have lost all over the place. So and to spite them, uh, I'm going to take Louisiana, uh, certainly to cover, but I'll just take him to win outright because Houston's disappointed me too much. Ooh, well, I don't know that I like Houston to cover here at six and a half, but uh, I, I'm I am going to go with Houston to win this game. So, you know, it's a, a little bit too juicy of a money line for me to risk at minus two sixty five. But just for picking sake, I will pick Houston in this game, and I'm going to fade Louisiana without Billy Napier. So that's where I'm going there. Uh, Let's see. What is next on the dock of the next is the Hawaii Bowl. Tennessee 
Middle Tennessee versus San Diego State. God, San Diego State's trash-ass offense. I, I'm blown away that this total is 49 and a half. Like, under? I mean, am I crazy? Yeah, I, I would take the under. Um, yeah. But I don't I don't know who I would pick, I guess. If I had to bet, I would, I would just probably go Middle Tennessee muddy line at plus 215. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad bet. I mean, they thumped Miami. And San Diego State's offense is a hot, it's a dumpster fire, as it were. So I don't think that's a bad pick uh, for the purpose of the podcast. I did take, let's see, I did take Middleton. Uh, yeah, I'm in agreement with okay. you. I took Middle Tennessee State on my bowl pick them. So yeah, let's go with that. We'll say Middle Tennessee State money line plus yeah. 215. Middle Tennessee's got a couple of Camden guys too. So can't a couple of Camden high school players. So I'm, oh, yeah, I'm back. That's right in your wheelhouse there. That is right in your wheelhouse. Camden County, Georgia, for all of you uh, listeners out there, if you're wondering, they are a powerhouse. What are they? I, I don't know Georgia high school classifications. They're the biggest one, right? They're, they are in the biggest classification. I don't. There's a lot of talk about going from seven classifications back down to six. Ah. They would still be in the biggest one. The yeah. Since they, they went to 7A, it hasn't been quite as successful. You, you get some of the metro schools, and it's mm. – it becomes an uphill battle, but much better season this year than the last handful. So okay, well let's uh, talk real quick about the uh, the Quick Lane Bowl, the New Mexico State Bowling Green. Uh, Bowling Green's a three and a half point favorite here. I mean, I thought Bowling Green was going to win like two games this year, and they yeah. went six and six. And this is one of those games. It's like who fucking cares, man? Like New Mexico State and Bowling Green are in bowl games. Are you shitting me? Yeah, this. Like, this one I have zero desire to watch, but for the purpose of the show, I'll take Bowling Green to win. Indeed. And I did the same thing. I took Bowling Green here at minus three and a half. I don't feel great about it, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I don't feel it's great about either team. Yeah, me either. Uh so let's talk about Clay Hilton. Let's Georgia Southern in their uh Clay Hilton's inaugural season. They went six and six. They are bowl eligible. They are playing Buffalo. In the what the fuck bowl is this? Camellia Bowl. Camellia Bowl. What the hell is that? That's that's near you, isn't it? Isn't that in Alabama? Uh, you know, I don't know, and I don't really care. <laughs> I can tell you this: I'm not going to be going. So, uh, Buffalo is a three and a half point underdog here. I. Mm, this is one of those things, man. Like I picked Georgia Southern in this game, but I don't feel great about it. Am I crazy? Say that again. You pick who? I, I was reading about the Camellia Bowl. Oh, I picked Georgia Southern in this game, but I'm not yeah, sure too. I feel all that great about it. I feel fantastic about it. Mm. And it's it's in Montgomery. Okay. So yeah, a short, uh, short trick from where I'm at now, which is uh, on the plains in Auburn. Yeah. So I would, I would be tempted by the over 66 and a half uh both these teams georgia southern particularly i've watched them they score a bunch uh oh, yeah. they don't play fantastic defense so give me georgia southern and the over is looking kind of juicy i'm just going to take Ju georgia southern minus the spread here i'm going to take them at minus three and a half i think they i, I don't feel great about it but just on my initial analysis, I, I think I'm going to, against my better judgment, bet with Clay Hilton here, which is something I never thought I would say. But here we are. Uh, the next one, the first responder bowl, 
Memphis and Utah State. Now, Memphis opened at 7.5. They are still at minus 7.5. Total 61.5. I I took Memphis in this one. I I wouldn't touch the point spread. I just, for the purpose of the podcast, I'm going to take them with a pick. I, you know, I, I wouldn't bet this game. It's just too close to call for me. Where, where, where are you at? I haven't watched either. I actually, I think I watched part of a Utah State game, but I don't remember who they were playing. And UConn. It, it might have been UConn I watched. UConn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I saw part of that game. <laughs> that was week zero, I believe. I, sure, I guess Memphis, I suppose. Uh, if I have to pick one, I don't know. I haven't. I watched bits and pieces of them this year. I saw some highlights of where uh, UNA, my hometown team, played mm-hmm. them, and Memphis beat them like a drum, like beat them by fifty or something. And I saw a little bit of Mississippi State playing Memphis, and that was you know ugly. So oh, I, you know, I did watch part of that game, and it was ugly. So indeed, I'd rather. And I Utah guess. State's not a terrible team, but man, their quarterback position they they they're they're in trouble. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Memphis there. Yeah. Like I say, not I don't feel great about the spread at seven and a half. If it got below a touchdown, I would I would take it, but you know, we'll see what happens. Uh let's see. Next on the docket is the Birmingham Bowl containing your boys. Oh yep. man, poor coastal Carolina. <sighs> they play East Carolina here in the Birmingham Bowl. And I I picked East Carolina and I think this one could get ugly. Uh, yeah, I'm picking East Carolina also. I think I just Coastal's in a bad spot. I don't – Grayson McCall is in the portal. Uh, he's taking visits. I don't know it, if he's playing Yeah, apparently he does not piss teal of breaking news. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of get it. If you got one year and new coach coming in, uh, I don't know. I, is he going to piss may, red, white, and blue with Liberty next year? I mean, He may piss – Blue and orange. Uh, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see. I can see where he wants to maybe get a year out of that system to show the NFL that he can play in something maybe more traditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that wouldn't surprise me if that's a motivating factor. But uh, Coastal's defense has been just atrocious the second yeah, half of abhorred. the year. Horrid. I mean, just bleh, terrible. So I, you know, I don't like their chances. I think they're going to have a rough one. So give me the Pirates. Yeah, I, I would have to, to agree. That. I would have to agree there. And I would probably I I would probably lean under 62 and a half here, but I you know don't uh, feel confident about enough about that to actually take it. But <laughs> I do feel confident about laying the points with East Carolina here. I think this yeah. could be a, a uh I think it could get ugly. So uh all right, let's move forward to the well, I think we need to move backwards first. Mm. Did we miss Wake and Missouri in the Gasparilla Bowl? We did miss Wake and Missouri. I just zipped right by that one. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. So, Wake for Wake Forest uh, and Mizzou, Missouri, they're playing in the uh, Gasparilla Bowl. And uh, Wake Forest is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Honestly, I wouldn't favor Wake over anybody based on what I've seen here lately. And if I'm not mistaken, is Sam Hartman not in the transfer portal? I don't think he's in the portal. I think he's debating on whether or not to go to the NFL or come back. He somehow, the guy's like 24. Somehow he has another, I believe, maybe two years of eligibility. I know he's got one. The 
the common belief is that he's moving on probably to the NFL, but I don't know that. If I don't know that he's playing, I'm not picking Wake Forest. It's just the easiest way to say that. So give me Missouri. Yeah, I, I don't feel great about Wake Forest here. I mean, just based on what I've seen from them, you know, towards the end of the season, watched them just, God, that <laughs> – that Louisville game, I, I'm I'm not sure I'll ever get over that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I don't feel great about uh, betting on Mizzou anytime. But this is one of those things, man. Like I, it's almost like after what Wake Forest has done to me all year, I can't. I just like I just don't feel good about taking them like at all. Am I crazy? No, like, you just take Mizzou and run with the points, like plus one and a half. Yeah, I mean, or even just take them out. I think they'll win. So, you know, betters can do with that what they may. Yeah, I would agree. All right, so let's let's see where 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 were we in this uh, list? Next, I think we have Wisconsin, Oklahoma State would be our next one, I believe. Okay, let's see. Okay, yep, yep. Okay, there it is. Uh, yeah. So guaranteed rate bowl. Uh, uh, Wisconsin. Opened at a minus three. They're still at minus three. Oklahoma State, I mean, seven and five this year. Can they quit reeling and actually put up a fight here? Or is Wisconsin just going to run it down their throat? Uh, I picked Wisconsin here. I, I wouldn't bet minus three. If it was two and a half, I would bet it. But I don't feel good enough about it to take either way. Yeah, I wouldn't bet either way because I don't think either team is going to be playing their starting quarterback. But exactly. Oklahoma State has looked particularly on defense, they've looked lost the last month and a half. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I, th- I think I would take Wisconsin to win. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Sanders is in the transfer portal. So that's uh, one yeah. of those things. It's like, and Graham Mertz already yeah. has as well. I don't know if he's found a home or not. Well, that may be an upgrade. <laughs> it, it could be, but you know, just because a guy maybe has more talent doesn't mean he's gotten those reps and he's going to be comfortable going going against Oklahoma State's defense will will help ease that transition because they don't offer much resistance (laughs) that's true all right um, so let's get to some interesting matchups here because these are these next couple are actually some really interesting matchups so uh the military bowl uh which is December 28th at uh let's say 2 p.m eastern that is UCF Central Florida and Duke so so a couple of good teams here, nine and four, eight and four. Duke is a three-point favorite here. I, you know, this is one of those. It's like, eh. Well, that's I, just because Gus is I went, involved. I went back and forth for a while. What do you? What do? You, what are your thoughts on this game here? I did also, and I just eventually landed on Duke. Mike Elko has surpassed everyone's expectations all year long, and I think he'll just continue to do it. And you know, I kind of want to be able to wake up one day and say Duke won nine games this year. Uh, just kind of the novelty of that. So give me the blue doubles. Mm. Well, I'm on the opposite end. I took UCF. And of course, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, this game contains the Gus bus. Yep. And for our listeners, you know, whatever I bet, it doesn't matter if I bet the over, the under, the spread for either team, the money line, it does not matter. The opposite of whatever I bet will happen. So I took UCF here plus the points. And that's not going to work out for me <laughs> Run. because it's the guest bus. Yeah. So uh, uh, for our listeners, I took UCF plus the points. So bet on Duke because <laughs> that's just not going to happen for me. So 
the next one. Now, this one is also really interesting. I thought, even though this is one of those exceptions, you know, where I talked about the eight win minimum, mm-hmm. but this, this game to me is actually interesting. You got Arkansas at six and six versus Kansas at six and six. And it's like, man, Kansas is bowl eligible. Can they hang with Arky? I don't think they can. Personally. I don't No, I don't either. I think Arkansas is going to kind of do whatever they want in the running yeah. game. So indeed I would take the under 68 here. I don't know if I'd touch to, the total. I think I just, I think I would take Arkansas and I think they'll cover that three points. Yeah. I'm going to take under 68. Um, well, let me see. 68 and a half. Yeah. I'm going to take under 68 and a half here, and I'm going to take Arky minus the points. So <laughs> it's a bowl game. I don't see both teams high flying, scoring 40 points. I just, I, I don't see it. So I don't think Kansas's offense will be able to do much against Arky, even though their secondary has been trash for a large mm-hmm. part of the year. I, I don't like it. So give me the under and give me Arky. Uh oh man, this is actually a really good matchup. And like we talked about earlier, Bo Nix yep. coming back next year. So you're looking at uh you know Drake May versus Bo Nix here in uh the Union Holiday Bowl. Over. <laughs> yeah, over 73 and a half. Book it. Just do it. Why not? Uh yeah. So Oregon is a 13 and a half point favorite here. Am I Am I crazy to think that's a little steep? It is steep. I mean, I think Oregon will win, but for I guess for the purposes of bowl game picks, I'll say Oregon wins. If this were kind of one of our regular weekly shows during the season, I would take North Carolina to cover that 13 and a half, though. But I do think Oregon wins. Mm. Yeah, I got Oregon as well here. Um, I do think they win. I think their lines of scrimmage are superior, and I think their defense – even though it's not all that great, is better than North Carolina's. Mm-hmm. So I would take them, but I, man, again, this is one of it's like a it's a bowl game. How much are they really going to give a shit? You know, you you don't want to bet on like huge spreads when right. Drake May is <laughs> who you're betting against. You know, so it's like, eh, I mm, I don't know that I would bet against Drake May to to lose by more than uh, two touchdowns. Yeah. Right, me either. So, um, and I'm not. I haven't kept yeah. up real well on a lot of these teams as far as players who are opting out to prepare for the draft. Uh, like the Downs kid from North Carolina, if he's out, obviously that changes things. The thirteen and a half seems steep. So, indeed, I you know again. And Bo well, Nix is not playing in fucking Outson Stadium, so you know we ooh, could yeah. we could get a dose of road Bo Nix here, but North Carolina's defense can make any. Everybody look good. I'm fairly yeah. certain that I could, you know, strap Timmy Poe up in uh, some an, an Oregon uniform and he could throw for at least, you know, 175 against North Carolina's defense. Uh, one, I don't know about 175. <laughs> I, he, he could maybe get to triple digits playing quarterback for Oregon against UAT's <laughs> defense. <laughs> just, I'm not going to give th- him too much. Just the, the thought of that. <laughs> The thought of putting Tim Popovich in some fucking pads against North Carolina's defenders. Oh, man, that's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny. Just the image of that. Oh, man. All right. Uh, let's move forward. All right. Texas Tech and Ole Miss. This is one of those games that's like, I wish it were a better matchup. I took Ole Miss here, and I'm going to take them minus the points. I think they handle Texas Tech here. Am I crazy? No, I got the same thing. I think they're. Okay. I think they're going to run all over the place. Yeah, um, I agree. 
I could see, you know, a ton of rushing yards here. Just run away with it. Kind of a, you know, Texas Tech, they surprised me in a bowl game last year. You know, Mississippi State, when mm-hmm. Leach went down there, and I thought, oh, yeah, Leach revenge tour, you know, and then Texas Tech thumped them. So it wouldn't shock me if Texas Tech were to win. But, I mean, at the same time, you got to feel like Ole Miss is the much more talented team here yeah. and takes care of business. So uh, I'm going to take Ole Miss minus the three and a half. Uh, let's see. Last couple here. Uh, Syracuse and Minnesota. Minnesota, they, they cash for me on the over again this year. They're a seven and a half point favorite against Syracuse's, you know, impressive defense here. The total is 41 and a half. Under? Yeah. <laughs> Under? Yes. 10 to 7 final, something along those It'll lines. Be, I think, I think 21 17 is like my outer boundary for these two teams. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I wouldn't touch the spread here, but. I would, no, I, uh, Minnesota I would should win. I expect Minnesota to win. Syracuse really, they got off to a good start. I think they started five or six and oh, and they've really faded. The the under would be my preferred bet, but I'll take Minnesota. Indeed. All right. So let's get to a decent matchup here. And this is one of these that like, this is the, this is like a massive failure by the bowl committee and whoever selects all these bowl games. Oklahoma at six and six is facing Florida State in the Dylan Gabriel Bowl mm-hmm. here, and man, I, man, I, I feel bad for Florida State here. Number thirteen, like they should have got a much better matchup here. They should crazy. They I mean, like if you if you put Oklahoma and Texas Tech in a bowl game against each other, I don't care if they're conference opponents. I'd be fine with that. That's not that uneven of a matchup. But like Florida State and Ole Miss, I feel like would be a really compelling matchup. Yeah, and I think. I blame Davo Swinney for this, <laughs> which, which might sound weird. Fine. Um, he spent all year with the best quarterback on his team standing on the sideline. He did. And I am, I am firmly convinced that if he had put Cade Klubnick in, you know, week seven, eight, nine, that they would have won that South Carolina game. And had they won the South Carolina game, they would be in the playoff, which means Indeed. Florida State would be in the Orange Bowl. So they're going to run all over Oklahoma. I, I will be shocked if Florida State does not finish with at least 275 rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about Oklahoma in length this year. They they, they can't tackle a soul. So, it, you know, it would. I, I'm in agreement with you. It would surprise me if they start now. Yeah. And Jordan Travis coming back next year. Florida State looking up, you know, they want to end the year on a good note, get a bowl win, so get to double-digit wins for the first time in how many years? I want to say 2014. It may be 15, but I think 2014 was their last double-digit win season. Yeah, so first double-digit win season in, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, close to a decade. So I would like to think the Florida State takes care of business here. I would take them minus the points at uh, minus eight and a half here. I think Florida State just demolishes Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma I mean, Oklahoma has guys opting. They were already among, uh, I think they were in the hunt, ranked in the hundreds for rushing yeah. defense and total defense. They yeah. just, they were not very good offensively. And they've got guys, you know, in the portal uh, opting out of the bowl game for the draft and so on. So they're going to be playing some backups on an already awful defense. Florida State is just going to roll these dudes. Indeed. All right. Now, last one. Uh, this one is really interesting, and I, I honestly didn't know who to take in this game. I, you know, I, I've got my take on it, but uh, 
the Alamo Bowl, Texas and Washington. This is actually a really good matchup here. So uh, it, it is Texas facing ten and two Washington. Uh, Texas opened at a three and a half point favorite. They're still there, and the total is sixty seven and a half here. I took Texas, and I think I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with Texas minus three and a half here. I mean, I just. I don't have a ton of faith in Washington's defense. I mean, if, if Quinn Ewers plays and plays well, I think they handle Washington. Am I am I wrong? Uh, I like Washington in this to mm. win outright. They're three and a half point dogs, so they're plus 136 or eight. Plus 136. 136 yeah. money line. I like that one a lot. And also, I'm calling this the Alamover Bowl. <laughs> yeah, over 67 and a half love like 67 it. and a half yeah yeah i don't hate that either to be honest that that's a pretty good pick now that i think about that that's not bad i still like texas minus the points here i, I think they win by a touchdown but i i don't hate your pick of the over 67 and a half there it would not shock me for both of these teams to get into the 30s uh pretty easily so that uh that's one of those things, man. You, it's a bowl game. You never know, but uh, you, you don't. Man. But I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this thing goes over in the third quarter either. Indeed. All right. So do we want to include any of these other bowl games uh, like um, Notre Dame, South Carolina, Pittsburgh, UCLA before we close out? Anything like that? Well, what, how are we doing on time? Because I initially uh, we're OK. We're OK on time. So if you want to talk about Notre Dame and South Carolina, we could do that. OK, because I was going to include some of these December 30th games, mm-hmm. but there's there's like five of them. And it was like, oh, if it was two, I'd have just thrown them in. But. Um, no, we can uh, we can fit them in. Uh, let's okay. start at the top here. Let's go with Pittsburgh and UCLA. So UCLA is minus three and a half here against Pittsburgh, and the total is 54 and a half. I'm just going to go ahead and take UCLA with the points here. Am I crazy? Yeah. No, me too. Yep, I agree. All right, let's uh, move it on down the line here. Notre Dame and South Carolina. Great season for South Carolina, 8-4. and four. You know, Beamer Ball comes through, beats Clemson, beats Tennessee, has a fantastic end of the year. I think the party's over. I don't. You think they beat Notre Dame? You think they do? I do, because I don't know who's going to play quarterback for Notre Dame. Yeah, that's – I mean, but their, their quarterback play wasn't very good at all this year anyway. Like, Drew Pine wasn't any good. He was all right. He, he played pretty well in the second half of the season, but he's not playing this game. Is Spencer Radler for sure playing? For sure playing. I I saw an interview clip on Twitter this morning where he was saying, you know, Coach Coach Beamer's been fantastic to me. Why would I, uh, you know, why would I not be there for him? Hmm. I think a lot of okay. the widespread speculation was that he would be opting out to prepare for the draft. Maybe indeed. Which I don't know personally. I don't know that would be his best decision, but whatever his <laughs> his choice. Um, I believe. Yeah that Spencer Rattler is going to play and Notre Dame's starting quarterback is not. So I'm going to take South Carolina. Mm. Well, in my bowl pick him, I took Notre Dame, but I I don't hate your logic there. If, uh, if that is the case, then it would not shock me if South Carolina gets a win here. And I hope they do. I would love to see Shane Beamer get to nine wins this year. That would just be awesome for South Carolina. I mean, can you imagine like nine wins? <laughs> like, to give that guy nine wins, he's getting a contract extension. Yeah, like, yeah he probably he should. will. Well, I mean, we talked about it going into the year was because they were six and six and won the mail bowl. Well, fuck yeah, and their schedule was built by somebody who like hates South Carolina. Yeah, and wanted yeah. So you know, we kind of felt like, hey, they'll be better. 
but it may not show up in the win loss column. Well, they right. were better and it showed up in the win loss column. So <laughs> yeah, he's, he's obviously, he's off to Indeed. a really good start there through season All two. Right. Indeed he is. All right. So last two games here, one of the, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and talk about this one because it's, it's really funny. Iowa and Kentucky, both seven and five. The total is 31 and a half. Will Levis is not playing. <laughs> I was offense sucks under 31 one and a half. Can it happen? Yeah, I think it will happen. You couldn't pay me enough money to watch this. This game will set modern football back 30 years. <laughs> I I saw I saw a tweet the other day where a guy was I guess he was watching the Kentucky basketball game and he was kind of venting about God, this this offense is archaic, it's trash, what are they doing? It's it's unwatchable. And I my reply is like Buddy, if you think this Kentucky offense is bad, give it a week and watch the other Kentucky offense. It is going to be putrid. So oh, I don't yeah. think these teams get to 30. Uh, it's it's going to be ugly, and I will not be – I'll check the score, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, it, you're, you're talking about like it, we could see like a like a 6-3 to three final here. Yeah. Like it, it could be – man, it could get ugly, which Anyone, is funny because this game last year, these two teams played in a bowl game last year, and it was yes. really high scoring. <laughs> Yeah, any I would say anyone who watched the Iowa South Dakota State game in Week One, I suspect this game will look a lot like that. And that one finished, I believe, ten seven. Mm. Well, South Dakota State ain't no joke, though. They're, They're not facing no. off with North Dakota State for the FCS nope. title game. So what's going to happen Jacks. there? Ba- uh, I got the Jackrabbits, of course. Oh, I like it. Whew, man, betting against the Bison—that's a—that's uh, a risky move. It is nine out of the last. 11 championships with the Bison there, so risky move. All right, let's talk about this last one because it's it's actually a really interesting matchup. Uh, Hendon Hooker, obviously injured. He's uh, done for the year. So Tennessee and Joe Milton are in the Capital One Orange Bowl against Clemson. So what is going to happen with Clemson and Tennessee? Clemson is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Is Klubnick going to take care of business and get a win here? Yeah, yeah. If the quarterback situation was reversed and I knew that DJ Uyunglele was going to start, I would have no faith in Clemson because they look like a completely different team. But I think, uh, you know, there's a chance, obviously, true freshman coming in bowl game, uh, maybe a little too much for him. But I don't think Tennessee is good enough defensively to stop them. Uh, so I don't know which, like, you know, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Jalen Hyatt or Cedric mm-hmm. Tillman or whoever is actually playing for Tennessee. Well, Hyatt, uh, he he announced himself for the NFL draft, so I would assume he's opting out. Yeah, and that's one note I was going to make. I would actually take the under here at sixty three and a half. I think that's a maybe a touchdown too high. So I'm going to take the under on this game. Okay, yeah, I, I expect Clemson to win. I kind of like the under because even with Klubnik, they're defensively they're outstanding. Yeah. So um, I know Simpson, uh, I believe, is not playing. And mm-hmm. everyone else, as far as I know, is. I haven't seen anything else about Clemson defenders opting out. So I like them a lot in this game. Indeed. Yeah, I picked Clemson in my bowl pick them. So that's uh, that's where we're at. Now, the rest of the bowl games for our listeners, we will cover that on next week's episode. And uh, we will also cover the rest of the New Year's Six here and the playoff semifinals. 
So that is what is on the docket next week. So the New Year's Six Bowls will kind of cover, skim over pretty quick, you know, and then we'll we'll really dive into the playoff matchups between TCU, Michigan, and Georgia and Ohio State because those are both, in my opinion, really compelling matchups. Um, you know, we we both have our opinions there, Eric. I, I mean, you. I said at the beginning of the season, I thought Georgia was the best team in the country, and they haven't done anything to prove me otherwise. So, no, outside of a bad half against Missouri, they've, yeah. they've, they've looked the part. So, indeed. Yeah. And Michigan, <laughs> I mean, for him, man, I mean, you think about when we started this podcast yep. and how much we used to crush Michigan and Harbaugh. And now look at him. I mean, it's mm-hmm. mind blowing, like how much things have turned around for Michigan since we started this podcast. So we had him on our hot seat rankings. Like he was going to get fired and he's made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons since then. Yeah. So anyone who hasn't listened from the, the absolute beginning, my first appearance on the show was, I believe the fourth episode, maybe the third. Uh, And in that we discussed the preseason top 25 last year. Yeah. Michigan was not on it. (laughs) And no, <laughs> they have lost exactly one game since. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, two games since. Yeah, yeah, Michigan State too. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Interesting enough. That's uh, that's pretty wild, man. But uh, yeah, you got anything else before we close it out and send it off to next week? Nope. I'm looking forward to a week of of good games, and then another week of good games, and then what I think should be a really good college football playoff final game on January the 9th. And then we'll get into, uh, like you talked about earlier, some of the transfer portal stuff, maybe a little bit of coaching carousel, depending on what happens and then kind of shift to recruiting. Cause that'll be the, the kind of the big thing going on in the college football world. Yep. Signing days here in a couple of days. Uh, so that will be interesting enough to see where teams finish out and who they get and all of the above. Cause there's still a lot of big name five-star targets out out there that are uncommitted so there are uh, we'll see what happens there there's the transfer portal recruiting is also its own beast and that'll be a, a big <laughs> part of how these teams look going into next year yeah it will be interesting to see and we will have uh, more on that as we get into the uh, off season after uh after the national title we'll look at uh you know teams looking forward we'll do kind of a a uh a postmortem, if you yep. will, of each conference, Eric, and uh, we're going to dive into each conference and look at our preseason Vegas totals and see how those shook out for us, what cashed, what didn't. And uh, overall, I think we all did pretty well on those. So we'll see what happens. But uh, we did. We did all right. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but we did pretty well. I believe we were all three over 500. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I believe we were as well. So, uh, in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me at Jason Bailey 47. You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair. And you can follow our other counterpart at uh, Timmy at SE underscore Timmy Poe, who is away from the show due to family emergencies and such. And uh, also, you can follow uh, Hunter Ballou, who is a contributor on our show at, at the foot F U T Hunter. He's a big soccer guy, but uh, also a big LSU fan. So you can check us all out, and we will be back with you next week with the New Year's Six and playoff matchups. But until then, everybody stay safe, and we will talk to you next week. See you then. Later. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.